Hello folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 91 and it's the first episode of the year. Um, we were meant to bring this back last week, but if I'm being honest, my week was just way too mental. I didn't actually have a spare hour and a half to, well, three, four hours to plan and to actually then put this out there. Um, but yeah, here we are. We're here now um, and we're ready to go. And yeah, hopefully got some big plans for the podcast this year. It's it's always hard for me because I would desperately want to make the podcast like this massive thing and, and to really push it and to make a point of doing more in-person things and actually like almost having like a podcast studio or something like that. Obviously, I've not got the finances to actually buy one myself, uh, but to like hire one out or something would be something that I would like to do moving forwards. Um, but I suppose you can you really be a coach, a personal trainer and a podcaster at the same time? I suppose you can, but yeah, challenges that come alongside that. Um, but either way, what I'm trying to say is I'm going to try and build this above and beyond what it was last year, try and make it even better, better guests. Um, that's taking nothing away from the guests that I've currently had on, but just like trying to really push the limits of this podcast and really continue to bring new ideas to you. And uh, again, just the purpose of the podcast. I, I don't know if I'm really very clear on that, um, but the purpose of this podcast is more so than anything, it's to challenge mindsets. It's not for me to tell you what to do. It's not for me to come up with all the answers to everyone's problems because I don't have any, I don't have them. You have the answer to your problems. You just need to have a seed planted within your brain to challenge that thought. Um, and I always try to not speak from this place of like superiority, like I know best because I don't, like I don't know best. I just know what's worked for me and I know what's worked for the various clients that I've worked with over the past couple of years in terms of improving their lifestyle, bringing them more fulfillment, bringing them improved performance, improved fitness, improved health, um, improved energy, um, and improving habits. And I want to be able to share with you what's worked for me. And the only reason I say this is because I truly believe that we've had a lot of success with our clients. I feel personally like I'm happy with my life. I'm happy. I feel healthy. I feel good. And I want to share with you guys over the next year alongside some amazing guests is how you can get to that place as well. So if you've never listened to the podcast, that's the aim. If you have listened to the podcast, that's even more the aim this year is to bring you more and more insight. Um, because sometimes when I'm thinking, oh, is there really that many people listening to this podcast? Should I keep doing it? Should I hit 100 and just stop? I'm like, no, screw that. I want to make a podcast every single week because some of the comments, even just like little kind of pass away pass comments in the, in the pub and stuff like that, or in a restaurant, or if I see someone on the street or at football, they say, I really like the podcast episode this weekend, or it really made me think about something, or oh, listen, someone just said I listened to the podcast, and I had a couple of comments last year, just random ones, not loads of them, but it just made me think this is 100% worthwhile, um, and I'm going to continue to do it for the whole of this year. Hopefully, by the time we hit the end of the year, we will be up to 100 and let's say 150 podcast episodes. And that's my goal for the podcast this year. And I hadn't actually thought about my goals until then with the podcast this year. I want to bring in at least 30 guests and I want to be able to be on 150 episodes by the time the year is finished. And another little goal that just came to my mind is I want to do a 12-hour podcast. Yes, a 12-hour podcast. That would be fucking crazy. Um, a non-stop 12-hour podcast where I stand here all day long 
speaking to different people that I bring on at different times and hopefully then try and record that non-stop. I think my computer RAM will fucking explode, but um, I don't know how that would even happen. Anyone's got any ideas of how to make that happen, please let me know. But I want to make that happen. I want to make that happen. Um, <clears throat> so the episode today, I think I changed the name of it about three times because I posted it one time and I was like, I can't remember what I actually called it the first time I posted it again. But I think I called it something along the lines of how to how to get serious results in 2024, how to get some results that are going to stick around um, which is the hardest thing to do when you set your goals in January is like, will I actually hit them? And in January, when people set goals, only 7% of people actually complete them goals by six months. I made that statistic up, but did you believe it? I'd imagine you probably would have. I actually don't know the statistics. There are a lot of statistics around uh, New Year's resolutions where I can't remember the percentage. I think it's about 80% of people. This is a true fact. I'm not... I'm not just uh, making this one up, but about two, uh, 80% of people after two weeks give, it up, give up on their New Year's resolutions. And there is a reason for that, because there's no substance to it. They either pick too many things at once or they have no plan. If you wake up on January 1st and say to yourself, I need to stop eating so much chocolate, that's my New Year's resolution. I need to start going to the gym, that's my New, Year res- New Year's resolution. But if you've got no substance behind that goal, then will it happen? Probably, probably not. I also don't apologize for the swearing in this podcast. I will be continue to continuing to swear in this podcast. And if you don't like it, lump it. Um, so sorry. But if you're listening around kids, I'm sure there's an option where you can actually put like a beep on. Like anytime I swear, there's like a beep. And um, there's definitely an option on Spotify that you can do that. Is it Spotify? It's actually maybe one of the other apps. I think it's maybe the Google thing. I don't know if you can do it on Spotify yet, but I did see an email from them saying that they were going to be able to do that, to cut out swear words for like family mode or something like that. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent as usual. Um, But the first little section I wanted to speak about was generally just like a a review of like Christmas and New Year. And I know we're kind of finished Christmas and New Year, so like people are kind of on to the next thing and thinking about everything else. But I know for a fact that from speaking to people, there is still this lingering kind of feeling around Christmas um, oh my god, I put on so much weight. Oh my god, I feel shit. Oh, I just feel blah blah blah. I feel tired. I don't feel rested after Christmas. Um, and that's normal. That's normal. I think people, I think everyone, I personally put on a bit of weight over Christmas. Um, I could feel it. I didn't weigh myself, I just knew I could feel it, I could see it. Um, I felt bloated, my belly was a little bit bigger, I wasn't as defined as I may be usually I felt a little bit more sluggish there was just a little bit more moving about when I was running at football and it didn't feel very nice but in comparison to the way that I would have reacted to that three or four years ago it's completely different now because yes okay I'm going to work on it I don't necessarily feel too happy with it Um, I know for a fact that when I get back to my usual routine over the next two to three weeks all that will be gone and it'll just be a distant memory so it's important to not stew on that too long because it will disappear it will leave it will leave your body in a couple of weeks if you do the right things and just for a bit of like transparency like I always this happens every single Christmas so I basically gave away most of my chocolate to a food bank yes I know I am literally like Robin Hood I'm a saint I know you don't need to say it um but no all jokes aside I still have a little bit of chocolate left I didn't throw away the good stuff 
you know, like the hotel chocolate and the, the M&S stuff. No, 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 that's not getting thrown out. Sorry, sorry, food banks. You're not getting that. You can get the you can get the celebrations and the heroes, but you're not getting my hotel chocolate. So I've still been like dipping in and out of that, like pretty much every single day for like the past week. Even if it's just two, I know this sounds like pretty pathetic, but like even if it's just like two chocolates or it's two like lints, like I keep going back to it. And I'll keep saying to myself, do you really need that, Ryan? But I'm also like, you, you'll get over it pretty quickly and you you will run out of the chocolate within around about a week. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say about this, but like that is a habit that I'm like, I would like to, I would like to knock it. I would like to stop eating as much chocolate. I'm not saying I need to stop eating chocolate altogether. I would like to stop doing that, but I've continued to do it. And I find myself autonomously going to the cupboard and just picking up chocolate. And I'm like, do you need this? No, you don't. But it's in my mouth already. I've eaten it. Um, I kind of still fall victim to that. Hence why if I actually want to stop eating chocolate, I probably need to remove it from my house. So if you've got tons of shit left over from Christmas, do not expect to have enough willpower to stay away from it. If that is something that you're aiming to do, you do not have enough willpower to step away from that if it's in your cupboard, especially when it's as tasty as the lint balls or the Lindors, whatever you call them. Too good. Too good. Um, So yeah, in terms of why New, Year, New Year's resolutions don't work. I think I touched on that just that little bit. Is that, yeah, to be fair, I think I touched on that. I don't really think I need to dive into that anymore. Um, and I don't know if anyone's seen my Instagram reel the other week there about the darts. Um, like having like New Year's resolutions and goals without a plan, you will literally just be fucking throwing darts with a blindfold on. Like you might hit some of your goals, but you're, you're more than likely just going to miss the mark on all of them because you'll just lose motivation. You'll lose focus. And you'll lose interest. So I'm going to talk to you around about this podcast about how you can set some good goals. How you can, not good goals. I don't even like using the word goals, but how you can set a plan. You can have a strategy and you can stay motivated over the whole of 2024, which there's not really a blueprint for that because you're never going to be motivated the whole year. And you're never really going to, I think very few people really tick off every single box that they set out at the start of the year. There's a very select few people that will actually do that. And don't feel bad for not doing that. But if you set out 10 goals at the start of the year and you do fucking zero of them by the end of the year, something has went amiss. And I'm going to try and help you fill in the gaps. And this first little section is how to set great intention and do what you said you would do. Now, doing what you said you would do is just a little kind of phrase, little quote that I love. It's like, do what you said you would do. If you say you're going to do something, fucking do it. If you say you're going to clean the dishes, go and clean the dishes. If you say you're going to run a half marathon this year, run a half marathon. Unless you lose your leg or you get a bad injury, go and do it. If you wake up in the morning or no, even even better, if you go to sleep at night, you say, all right, okay, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning. Don't wake up in the morning and not go to the gym. And I say this all the time. It's like this whole idea is like having, it's like living with a clone. Say, for example, you woke up tomorrow morning and there was a clone of you lying next to you in your bed. Weird, I know. And he was like your friend and he was like, you, you, you kind of got on with him and you said, and he said to you, right, tomorrow we're going to go for lunch at 12 and meet me at the cafe. And you turned up to the cafe yourself and your friend didn't turn up, your clone friend. I don't know where I'm going with this, but your clone friend didn't turn up. He'd be like, for fuck's sake, why is he not turned up? That's annoying. So you ask him, right, okay, you missed it today. Let's go tomorrow. I'll meet you for lunch at 12. You go to the cafe, he's not there. And you're like, what a fucking asshole? Like he said I was he was gonna be here and now he's not there. 
Like, when we're going to ask him the third time, I'll ask him the third time, he's probably not going to turn up. This is exactly how your little monkey mind works. Um, your brain works in the exact same way. Like, there is an internal dialogue constantly going on within the human brain. Like, you have always have an internal dialogue. Like, again, an example of that would be, imagine you're running the beep test at school and you're on level eight and you really want to pull out. You really want to go, fuck this, I want to pull out, I want to stop. But in your head, you're like, you've got two voices and the, one of the voices is like, right, fucking keep going, keep going, come on, you know you can do a little bit more. And the other one's like, your legs are fucking screaming, stop, this is horrible. Get, like, sit down, just pull out, just pretend you've got an injury. You've always got that internal dialogue. And the thing is, by training and by doing what you said you would do or not doing what you said you would do, you almost build either a positive or a negative relationship with that voice inside your head. So where I'm at just now, personally, I feel like I've got a pretty good relationship with the voice inside my head. Sometimes he goes and eats Lindor's when he wasn't really meant to. Sometimes he has an extra beer when I was like, I was meant to be going home. Sometimes he stays up a little bit extra and scrolls TikTok. Um, but what he does do is when he wakes up in the morning and he says he's going to go to the gym, he goes to the gym because you've created that relationship with yourself. And if you continually say, I'm going to do this and then don't do it, I'm going to do this and then don't do it, you lose trust in yourself and you don't believe that what you said you would do is going to happen. So you might begin to say things like, all oh, right, okay, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. But you already know the back of your mind, you're going to fucking turn over and press the snooze button. So one of the main things this year is using this little phrase, do what you said you would do and fucking do it. And this is then again another problem that comes with setting goals and setting intention. And this is the reason that you do, you'll probably know a lot of people like this that say they're going to do something, but then don't do it. And there's a reason that people do this. And it's I've spoke about this on the podcast before, is that talking about the goal, especially not that necessarily internally, but talking about the goal with someone. So you and fucking Dave and the work van or speaking about, you're like, right, okay, I'm going to do this half marathon, like definitely going to do it in May. I'm going to do all this training. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. I'm going to, going to do this. You get the same dopamine response in your brain. You get the same satisfaction in your brain as actually carrying out that goal. It's a very similar reaction. Talking about a goal and actually then completing that goal elicit a very similar response in the brain. So then you get to get into the van the next day and Dave asks you, did you go to the gym? And you're like, nah, nah, nah I didn't go to the gym. Can you know, like was busy and stuff like that. And then another week's passed and you're like, right, okay, this is the week. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do it. And you still don't do it. And that's really important that you understand that if you are, and I've used this phrase a million times before, if you're all fart, no poo, and you're just one of these people that just speak about doing something and never do it, you are just a kidder. You're just kidding yourself. You're just taking the absolute piss out of yourself. If you want to do something and you keep talking about it, it's because you probably feel like that's a good thing to do. So make sure that you follow through with your goals this year. That's one of the main things to start off with, but it's obviously not as simple as that. And secondly, I have started the thing this year with my clients as a little challenge and I used to be completely against these challenges because I thought they were ridiculous. I thought they were stupid. I thought that they created these black and white rules that meant that people weren't able to enjoy their lives. And what I've realized as I move forward a little bit more in this, in this career is that sometimes creating 
discipline can in a forced manner can be really good for people that actually really struggle with discipline and that's why i'm doing this challenge called the 75 hard challenge now the 75 hard challenge is pretty simple there's not really any crazy rules within this and the rules go as follow go as follows um jesus christ drink three liters of water a day but it's again it's in relation to your body weight so for me it's three liters of water a day but for someone that's like 55 kilograms it might be a little bit less um journal every single day do 45 minutes of training of working out or walking every single day um no alcohol and there's there's no there was a kind of like another rule with no takeaways but it's a little bit it's hard to kind of it's hard to justify what a takeaway is and what's not a takeaway like is a nando's a takeaway if you pick it up and take it away is a chinese a takeaway or definitely a takeaway pizza indian like what is a takeaway so we've had a little bit of a conversation about that one so that's still one of the rules but let's just ignore that for just now and one of the other rules is god i've not got it in front of me right now so it's actually figuring to be pretty hard to remember. And I think there was just like monitoring progress as well. So the rules are pretty simple, but it's essentially like probably one of the hardest rules for a lot of people is like 75 days without alcohol. And this is put in place to just try to create discipline and to just try to create some habits going into the start of the year. And it's kind of forcing people into really just doing something that they've never done before over the first three months of the year. And yeah, okay, like you're maybe going to have little to no partying and little to no social, not necessarily social life, but you're not going to be partying much because you're not going to be drinking. Like a lot of people will really struggle to go to a party or really struggle to go to the pub without drinking. And this is what we're kind of wanting people to do over this first 75 days of the year. And I'm doing it as well, obviously. I'm not just telling people to do it and not doing it myself. And this is something that I... Would quite, I quite enjoy doing this, especially when I'm wanting to instill a little bit more discipline within my life. And I've spoke about this again before, and I like to call this the dog work, the woof woof dog work. And the dog work is something that I, like, I see it as a period of time in your life where you don't, you're going to go a little bit imbalanced into one, one place in your life. And for me, the balance is going swiftly towards work, business, self-development, working on my body, working on my performance. These are the things that are all most important to me. And what I'm kind of doing with the dog work is I'm filtering out the other things that are not quite as important to me. However, these things I would always want to have a certain amount of them in my life. For example, eating out, drinking, and partying, things like that. They're all things that I like, but when I'm doing the dog work, that's when these things just go to the side and I fucking do none of them. Now, I'm not saying I'm not socialising at all. I'm just doing it in different ways. I'm going to the run club. I'm socialising at football. I'm just not going out and doing these other things. And I'm not just doing these other things that are not that important to me. I'm doing the dog work. I'm doing the personal development. I'm doing the business. I'm doing the career. I'm spending time with Ellie. I'm spending time with people that are most important to me. And that's the dog work because it is imbalanced. And it's not something I can sustain over my whole life. I'm not just going to be all in with my business and self-development and nothing else for the rest of my life. But for 75 days, I am. And I always think to people that they can actually spend a period of time within their year, within their life. And this could be any any time from a month all the way up until like, two, I know some people that will fucking do this for like two years when they're starting a business, when they really want to get something going. And I feel like I've probably done a similar version of this for a couple of years. Um, 
and they really want to make a change in their life, where they see what they're doing just now, the way that they're living just now is not supporting where they want to be and who they want to become. So they do the fucking dog work. So I want you to categorize to yourself, if you feel like it would be beneficial, what the dog work looks like for you. Um, and fucking go for it. Because sometimes in life, when you actually want to make a change, a serious, serious change, you need to fucking flip your life on its head. It's very nice and well me saying to you, okay, like, let's try and find this balance. Let's still enjoy our social life. Let's still enjoy a drink at the weekend. Let's still enjoy a takeaway. Get results while still enjoying takeaways and not tracking calories and not training seven times a week. Yeah, you don't need to do that. But sometimes you do need to go to the fucking extreme side to instill some discipline within your life. Or else it just becomes so airy-fairy that you're like, sometimes I'm training, sometimes my standards are high, sometimes they're low. No, if you want to guarantee results, get the fucking head down for a period of time. Pick a period of time, pick 75 days, pick six months, pick a year, whatever it is that you're going to do, and make it the year that you actually stop just fucking pussyfooting around the edges and actually make some change in your life, rather than just getting to the end of the year next year again and going... Oh, I kind of just took the piss a wee bit there. I was good for a month and I fucked it off for another month. Sorry, I need to stop swearing. Um, and then I just pissed about for another month. Just get the head down and do it properly for once. Like, I'm glad that I eventually done that because before I was like, right, okay, this year I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. Or this year I'm actually going to t- start taking football that little bit more seriously. And I never done it. And I got to 26 and eventually I done it. And I was like, oh, funnily enough, everything across my life has improved and I'm much happier. Again, it's, it's just my example. I don't want to use my examples too much. And this is the way that you can achieve great things and the things that are important to you. Just figure out what are the three things that are most important to you? Like, what are the three things in your life that you want to see go from a five to an eight or an eight to a nine or a nine to a 10? Is it your business? Is it your body? Is it your performance? Is it your, is it your lifts in the gym? Is it an amount of money that you're making? Prioritize three things and make those the sole focus of the period of time that you're going to call the dog work. Just keep, I like keeping that phrase inside my head, like do the dog work. Um, I don't know how many dogs work. I'm thinking of like a guide dog here. Um, guide dog seems like quite a cushy number, to be fair. It doesn't seem like too much hard work. Um, but yeah, do the dog work. Just imagine a big aggressive fucking bulldog just like chasing after something. Actually, don't, don't imagine that. It's a bit of a touchy subject just now. And I must also add to that point what a fucking farcical decision by the government with the XL buoys. Like any any dog that's a... How does it work again? It's like any dog that's like a bulldog if it bites someone, it's like gets... It's, it's tragic. The government is a shambles. I've not got a section on why the government's a shambles, but that could become... That could come soon. I could... We'll think of a podcast as to why the government is a shambles sometime soon. I did go into some strange co- topics last year. I think a couple of the topics I went into was like... I think I had an episode on aliens um, or AI. I think I had also an episode on zoo animals. Um, I don't know how I got there, but I, but I did get there. Um, yeah, we might just chuck in some random episodes this year, like just on completely irrelevant topics. Um, that actually might be a good idea, actually. I might just like next week, you know, let's maybe speak about darts or something like that. I might just start bringing in like random non-fitness related topics i just whistled there in my, in my speech like herbert or family guy um and then just like start speaking about some random topics yeah who knows might do that the next thing is probably the hardest thing to come across it's the hardest thing to figure out and it's the hardest thing to extract from your brain and it is this higher purpose it's this why 
it's and this is the this is how you this is how you don't rely on motivation is when you know your why and when you know your purpose and when you and when why what am I fucking saying, Ryan? It's when you know why you're training and it's when you get to a point, it just becomes automatic and it doesn't even become a question. And the first question I'll ask you is if you're in a place of, oh my God, I need to make a change here. I desperately want to change where I am right now with my health, fitness, with my life, with my whatever it may be. Ask yourself this first and foremost, how long does it take you to get here? How long did it take you to go from when you were last happy and fit and healthy and felt good to where you are just now? How long did it take you to get here? I would almost guarantee it is more than six months to a year. I'd almost guarantee that it's probably even longer than that. And you didn't just find yourself here by chance over the past three months. You probably, something probably happened. Something in your life got in the way. Uh, a change of jobs a change of circumstances, a change of location, something happened that wasn't good and you found yourself in this position here today where you are not happy or you want better for yourself. I would ask yourself right now, how long did it take you to get there? Now, if you're one of my current clients, this might be a little bit irrelevant to you because you're probably on a journey of self-development and you've already through a few stages through the, through the process, but you may be not there yet. But if you're not, I want you to think about how long did it take you to get here? I would like you to then equally dedicate the same amount of time to change and don't expect it to happen any quicker. People get so impatient with change. When I actually look back on my life over the past five years, I would argue that to get to where I am today has taken, a, it's like a four or five year journey. It's like literally since the back end of COVID, that's been the journey that I've been on from actually making a change. I think I was quite, quite stagnant and, my journey of health, fitness, self-development since then. And I believe that I'm just like improving in sort of different ways. Don't get me wrong. There's certain areas that will regress and or maybe not as good. I maybe drink more caffeine now than I did, or I don't know, I maybe fucking eat more ice cream now than I did. But is that a positive? That could be a positive. Um, but yeah, not everything's always going to be improving across the board. But I believe that there's been a lot of development over the past like four or five years. Um, and it's been a journey. And I would then argue to myself that it took me four to five years to get myself in that little mess that I was in during COVID. But then again, a lot of people kind of just things hit the fan, shit hit the fan in COVID. So um, yeah, I want you to honestly think about that. Like how long did it take you to get here? And I want you to at least dedicate an equal amount of time to change. And then on to the next bit that I'm actually speaking about. A book that I have not necessarily read, but I've listened to a couple of TED Talks and a couple of YouTube videos and a podcast or two from the guy talking about the book and um, the lazy way to read a book is to listen to the guy speak on a podcast about the book you kind of get all the messages through it um and it starts the book is essentially called start with why by simon cynic and um, you may have heard of it if you haven't go on youtube and type in uh simon cynic ted talk and you will hear about what like finding your why is about and um, i think he kind of pitches it in more of like a a kind of company corporate kind of aspect like what's your company's why rather than a personal why um i can't exactly remember it. i've watched a couple of different videos but what your why is is so so important but again it is one of these airy fairy things that gets lost in the algorithm and people go when what's your why what's your why though man and then you're like what the fuck do you even mean what's my why what are you on about bro you need to actually really step back and have a think about this and let me 
try and break it down for you so it's more understandable and less kind of like Buddhist monk type question where you need to go up into this like forest and sit and meditate and figure out what your why is. It's usually pretty simple. Um, what you first need to break down is like, what are your values? So what what do you value most in your life? And an easy way to figure that out is, is it actually by using the algorithm? So scroll through Instagram, scroll through TikTok. Now, this could actually be quite a, quite a, a strange test because you might find that some odd things come up. But usually if you scroll your Instagram and you scroll your TikTok, a certain topic or a certain thing will continue to come up. For me, like it's just fitness, 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 fitness with the odd the odd um, random kind of cute animal thrown in there, like a, I don't know, a capybara or something like that. Um, not necessarily a cute animal, just a funny animal. Or just, uh, to be fair, TikTok algorithm is probably a bad representation because there's some proper weird stuff that comes up on there and I can't say I'm overly interested in it. Um, but for me, it'll be like fitness, it'll be football, it'll be, right now it's it's babies that are, that are showing up just because my phone quite clearly listens to me and Ellie's conversations. Um, so that sort of stuff's coming up. And that, for me, sometimes can really demonstrate what's valuable to me. But that's not the only way that you can figure it out. The other way that you can figure it out is who in your life is the most important person in the world to you? Um, or the most, the three to five most important people in the world to you could be your son, could be your daughter, could be your wife, could be your husband, could be your dog. That's probably one of your highest values. Then you would then think about where do I spend most of my time? Where do I spend most of my time? What do I do? Am I at football training? Am I at the gym? Am I at work? And then you think about what do I do as a career? What motivates me for my career? Like write these things down. It's a really good thing to actually write down. And then where's your favorite location in the world? What, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite restaurant? Asking all these questions to yourself can really help you figure out what's most important to you. And if you, for example, just scroll back or just kind of scrub back on the on the podcast and just start writing these things down and see what the answers come up as. And usually the answers that come up will demonstrate to you, first of all, what your values are. But then again, what your why is, like, why are you doing this? So you may be doing this because, because of your son, because of your mom, because it helps you make more money, because you train and you, and you run because it makes you feel better and more, you've got more energy and you feel more confident. And then it makes you a better parent or it makes you a better, um, a better boss. It makes you a better employee, stuff like that. Your why is it's deeply ingrained within you, but sometimes it takes a little bit of a, a little bit of a extracting from the brain. And again, for me, I'm going to give you an example of what my why is so that you can maybe relate it to yours and you can maybe then figure it out. So when I thought about this, I thought about what is my why? So what actually motivates me to, and again, we're talking about health, fitness, we're talking about going on this journey. So what motivates me for fitness? One of the first motivations that was deeply ingrained within me was insecurity, and it was getting bullied at school, getting called fat and stuff like that, getting called like just various different names and feeling so insecure about it, putting on my school clothes and then just like constantly like yanking at them and thinking, oh my God, I feel so uncomfortable because I'm a wee bit fat. Um, when I look back, I was like, you were just a fucking kid. You weren't that fat. You were like a big guy, but like, like I don't know what I was really overly concerned about. And But that still lives within me and that still motivates me. So when I look in the mirror after Christmas and I see there's a little bit of meh, like I'm not feeling too good, deep inside my brain, I'm like, 
Get away from that fucking kid that used to be fat. Get as far away as you can from that right now. Go and train. Go and run. Go and do this. And I won't lie to you. I'm highly motivated by that stuff still as much as it shouldn't be my main motivation. And it isn't. My second why and my second motivation is that like I have an absolute fear of being average because I was, again, have done quite a lot of kind of like exploration on this. I go back to when I was younger. I was never the best at football. I was never the fastest. I was never the fittest. I was never was never first at anything, really. I was always like third. I was always like fourth. I was never just, I was never the best at anything. Nothing in school. I wasn't the best at geography, the best at history, the best at English. I wasn't the best at anything. So when I actually deeply think about it, that's why I fucking knock my pan in with this job because I want to be the best at this in the area. Now that might seem like a pretty shallow motivation, but I want to be the go-to person for this kind of thing in the area when it comes to coaching. I want to be the best. I am highly driven by being better than people. Um, I hate losing. I hate coming second. I hate coming last. I like achievement. I like award. I like being noticed for what I'm doing. Um, I like... I don't know turning heads in it. That's like a bit of, that's maybe not what I mean. Like I like, I like the recognition and every human does like just on certain different levels. I like the recognition because of who I was before and who I am now. I thrive off of it. And that's why I can also get quite down if things are not going very well with my business. And maybe I'm not getting the same amount of likes on Instagram. Maybe I'm not getting the same recognition. Maybe nobody said anything to me about the podcast in a while. And that is that's my why. And obviously there are other aspects like being fit and healthy for early. They've now got this motivation of a baby coming. I want to be a number one example to this baby, regardless of it's a boy or a girl as to how to live your life healthy and how to, how to feel good and how to challenge yourself and uh, how to tackle this crazy world. And um, so that's my why that's my motivation. And you might need to drop back into your, uh, into your childhood a little bit to figure out why, you actually do this and why you're motivated are you constantly fighting against that old version of you that was overweight and just lazy and things like that or is it something a bit different it may come from a highly positive manner it might be someone that you've lost i want to train because that's what they would have wanted me to do so it's hard to find one because you might not have one that's like that your one might be completely different but understand that whatever your why is, if you feel it's strong or you feel it's weak, you will have one and it will motivate you if you're able to extract it from your brain. Um, so yeah, have a think about where, what yours is like. It's probably going to be a wee bit different to mine, but have a think about what it is. I just know, and I feel blessed for this because I just, I know that mine's just so, so strong, but it will mean that I never stop. It will mean that I never become demotivated. It will, it will mean that I never put, take the foot off the gas um, and again, like I coach like 80 people at once, like that's the ultimate motivation. Like if I'm fucking out every weekend and not training, I'm, imagine I wasn't doing my four training sessions a week, five training sessions a week. Like who, who even am I? Like I'm not a fucking personal trainer. I'm not like a coach. I'm not the person that fronts up the team, team into five athletes. I'm just a joke. That's what goes through my head. If I was to be like, I'd be an absolute joke. I don't think I've missed a session in like five years, like not one um, and I take absolute pride in that, but it's there are so many times where I could have quit it, but I just get, I have so much pressure externally from everything else around about me that it means that I do it. 
So I know I'm blessed in that aspect. That means I don't miss a training session and it's quite easy, but I know not everyone has that same motivation for fitness. And I, I obviously understand that I am within this, this is my job. So I don't take away from anyone that doesn't have that same motivation. Does that make sense? I don't want to, again, I don't want to sound too pretentious in that. Like I'm super, Mr. Super motivated, but it's hard to, it's hard, it is hard to find that. Um, the fad diet, the fad diet fad diet and that's another thing that you can kind of stumble over a lot of people like over the age of let's just again people under the age of 20 are probably still doing fad diets and people from 20 to 30 are probably still doing fad diets but people over 35 have probably been um sold the dream by some fad diet in their time i think i just hit the back end of it when i was like when i was growing up from like 18 onwards and I did a few, like a few fad diets, a few things that didn't really work, a few things that really caused me just a lot of misery. Um, but there is a lot of like belief around people that go that think, all oh, right, okay. Um, so I did that fasting thing before and that worked. So that must be the thing that I have to do. I did that Atkins diet before and that worked for me. So I need to do that. Or I did that keto thing a while back and um, that really worked for me and I lost loads of weight. So I'm going to need to do that again. And the problem with a fad diet is it is it is based off of a completely like it's, it's based off of this like random diet that you've plucked from the internet or bought off of some fanny from some one of these clubs. Sorry for calling people fannies. It's not really fair, is it? Um, no, nah, I'm joking. But like you've bought this diet or you've got this PDF and this diet is completely random. And it usually doesn't align with anything to do with your life. It takes no considerations into who you are, into what you like. Like, who's you might love carbohydrates. What's the fucking point in taking them out and trying a keto diet and just eating burgers and cheese for the rest of your life? Mind you, it doesn't sound too bad. Um, there's worse things. But, like, just literally eating, like, butter in your coffee and stuff like that. Like, just going on a keto diet. But people, and then people go, but yeah, but that worked for me. I lost a lot of weight. And I was like, okay. And I wouldn't say it like this, but you almost would have the thought, okay, if it worked for you and you lost the weight, why have you put the weight back on again? Well, because I stopped the keto diet. Yes. Okay. Next question. Do you see yourself doing the keto diet for the rest of your life? Nah, probably not. Okay, then. Next question. Do you think the keto, does the keto diet work? This is a kind of conversation hypothetically that I would have. So you did, the, you did the keto diet, and what you're saying is you lost weight and got in great shape, but then as soon as you finished it, you put it all back on again. So was that sustainable, and is that a lifelong thing that you can do, or are you going to keep just going back to the keto diet, losing loads of weight, going through all that pain and misery of doing the diet, and then putting the weight back on? Is that going to make you happy? Or if I could give you a magic pill, and you could pick one of them, and here was the magic pill, one you lose weight for two weeks and then you put it back on. The second magic pill is it takes you a little bit longer, but you lose weight and you keep it off or you get in shape and you keep it off or you feel good and like it, you feel good generally pretty, pretty stably for the next 10 years. Which one would you pick? And like 95% of people will pick the one that gives them the stability with their health and their fitness. But people don't like delayed gratification. They want to see results quickly they want to see things happen right now and they are not willing to kick around for the long term because yeah they get impatient and that's a shame because that's where the real results come and that's where the real fulfillment comes 
And this is why I think it's it's hard because like a lot of people will have went through their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, maybe even their 50s doing fad diet after fad diet after fad diet. And just literally, if you could see a graph, it would be peak trough, peak trough, peak trough, peak trough the whole way. And they never really were happy with their body. They were never really happy with their diet. They were never, they never really found sustainability. They never really found that autonomous behavior that just happens. They were always fighting against themselves, constantly dieting and not dieting up and down. And they hit 50 and they're like, fuck, I'm still no further forward than I was when I was 20. And that's sad. Like that is that genuinely makes me sad. And that's one of my main motivations behind why I do this is like, I do not want you to have to go through that shit over and over again. Like that frustrates the life out of me. Like I want you to be able to find something that works well. And that's why I think it's so valuable to come and do something like this or with another amazing coach. Like there's so many of them out there now Um, go and do something like this and just learn the ropes, like figure it out and figure out how you're able to then sustain your diet, sustain your training, sustain your body and just have that, have that, just get out of those choppy waters and just get into some smooth sailing waters where you don't have to make drastic change after drastic change every single year. And you don't have to jump on a fad diet because every fad diet in principle will work in terms of helping you drop body fat, but almost 95% of them will not allow for sustainability. Next section, we're almost there. We're almost finished this episode and it just gets, it gets even tastier at this point. I guarantee it. Humans like to explore, like to challenge themselves. Christopher Columbus, uh, Magellan, Vespucci, James Cook, Henry Hudson, um, Pedro Alvarez Cabral. Um, I did some history lessons here of all the world's best explorers. The people that went and found new land they took their ship and they sailed across the seas and they came across new land and came across all sorts of shit there is also so many people in this world who continue to challenge the human body to to new levels and one that i'm following just now is russell cook and will be the first man to run the whole length of africa from bottom to top if he makes it he's He's doing pretty well. He's been through some shit. If you've not followed this guy's journeys, because his name's the hardest, his name's Russell Cook, but also is the hardest geezer is his actual name. But it, no, sorry, his actual name's Russell Cook, the hardest geezer. To be fair, he'd be as well changing his legal name to the hardest geezer. I think that would probably be a good decision based on what he's done so far. Um, and it's been a crazy journey. And you, you sometimes think like, why the fuck are you doing that? Like he's literally been running for like almost like. I can't even remember how long. It's like into the 200s, the amount of days that he's run. I think he's run on average like like a marathon every single day, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, and the pain that his body must be in. And he's going to do some like long-lasting damage to his body from doing it, which is, yeah, I just think that's literally, that must happen. And there's so many people that you go back into history that have challenged the human body time and time again. And there is a reason for that. Humans have an instinctual need for challenge. And I'm not just saying this for any sexist point of views, but the like males are more instinctually, um, how do I say this in the kind of nicest way possible? Not in a nice way. It's nothing about being nice. It's about being politically correct. Like males are more heavily in, uh, instinctually, fucking hell, Ryan, like spit it out. Instinctually, 
programmed to do this. Um, I'm getting to that point in the podcast where words start struggle, my words start struggling. Um, they're more instinctually programmed to do that just because of um, evolution and because it was the male that went out and hunted the food while the female stayed at home and looked after the young. However, as we enter the modern world, we know that women are taking on just as many crazy challenges as guys are, and they're challenging their body more than ever. And just generally, you just need to look at the Olympics. You need to look at the development of like women's football. You need to look at the development of um, just like generally, like what women are doing in this world. Now, there are more um, women now becoming CEOs, like managers, amazing athletes amazing adventurers explorers things like that so it's it's changed now but humans in general are built instinctually to to challenge themselves but what we've kind of become is we're beginning to become sedated like the human population is becoming sedated by social media by games by phones by nintendos by xboxes by the news by the media to become this kind of little kind of just to step into this little protective bubble where humans are now getting all of their stimulation and all of their challenge from literally things at their fingertips like on their laptop on their phone and very little of that comes from actual physical endeavor like actually going out outdoors going to the gym going for a run physically doing something like fighting like i mean like in a controlled sense not just going out and battering someone and going out like and actually challenging themselves physically less and less people are getting that for you just need to go to like i don't know go to a restaurant go to a mcdonald's and look at what i know this is a possibly a strange sentence to say probably don't do this i wouldn't recommend it but if you were to go into mcdonald's and look around all the tables majority of the kids would either be on have earphones in they'd be on their phones on their nintendo switches um, don't get me wrong, Nintendo Switch is fun. Um, but I, it pains me because I just know that like we're bringing up, you can kind of tell that I'm about to have a child, I'm thinking about all these things. Um, we're bringing up a breed of children that are going to be getting all their kicks from games and Nintendo Switches and Xboxes rather than actually physically going out. And what we know is, is that like kids are going outdoors less and less, they're playing football less and less, they're going to play sport and things like that less and less, which is painful because we are creating this population of people that would rather be sedated by Call of Duty than an actual physical endeavor itself. And don't get me wrong, these like the future of gaming is crazy. Like games are better than they've ever been before in terms of like the actual quality, the actual immersive experience that you get from a game now. Like even with like the VR headsets, like you could literally be like in the Battle of the Somme um with a headset on um, and probably feel like you're there, which is which is wild. Um, and people are getting a lot of their kicks from that. But in terms of your year going forwards, you need to have targets, physical targets. And I don't just say this because I'm a personal trainer, because sign up for my program and do this half marathon training program. That would be great for me financially. Woohoo. Um, I couldn't give two hoots about that right now. What I could give two hoots about is the fact that every human being on this planet, and I truly believe this, regardless of size, age, weight, height, gender, political persuasion, whatever it may be, you should have some sort of physical endeavor going on in your life. If you do not, you are extracting, taking away some of the potential of the human body. The human body is meant to explore. The human body is meant 
to push boundaries and challenge itself. Christopher Columbus, one of the main examples of these people, he just got, he was like, well, okay, I've found this place and now I'm going to find this place. Hmm, I wonder what's over there. Let me go and try that. Athletes are the exact same as this, same as these explorers. Hmm, I was able to do a marathon. Let me go and challenge this next distance. Let me go and see if I can do it faster. Let me go and see what my body's capable of. People have haven't got that anymore. They've not got that desire to want to go and challenge their body because they're getting all of their dopamine kicks from fucking TikTok and things like that. Like they don't challenge their body anymore because they're happy enough with what they're getting from everything else. That, and I'm not just creating an argument here, I'm saying this as facts. That's not how the human body works. That's not how it should work. You should have some sort of physical endeavor going on in your life at any particular point alongside your career goals, alongside your family goals, alongside your financial goals. If you want to support the human body to the best of its potential, you should have a physical endeavor in place as well. And it should not be easy. It shouldn't be something that you could go and do tomorrow. It should be something that scares you a little bit, something that you know that you can't do right now, something that's going to push the limits of your body. And there's a little quote that I just took from this thing, and it's fulfillment is achieved through practical activity that promotes the development of one's own individual talents and abilities. Fulfillment. What is fulfillment? Fulfillment is like how you feel in your life, how content you feel in your life, how happy on a daily basis do you feel? Not happiness. It's not the same as happiness. Fulfillment is, you know what? I'm living my life and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, it's worthwhile. I feel like it's good right now. Fulfillment for me is something that I chase so much more than happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness is a is a feeling. It's a temporary feeling. It's not a state of mind. It's not, oh, I'm just like, I'm a happy person. Like I'm happy all the time. Like nobody is happy all the time. Happiness is not something that you should necessarily like strive for at all times because you are going to feel sadness. You're going to feel anger. It's fulfillment and stability within your life that is something that I believe you should chase that little bit more. Um, and that's what I'm chasing. I'm chasing fulfillment. I'm chasing, I want to fill my cup. Like I want to fill my cup on a daily basis. And for me, that means exercising. It means doing my work. It means eating well. It means sleeping. That's how I fill my cup. Yours, going to, yours is going to be maybe completely different. I want you to figure out, like think about what, um, what fills your cup. I've also got a recommendation right now, something to watch. YouTube, Project Iceman. Watch it. That's all I'm saying. Project Iceman. Just watch it. It will motivate the shit out of you. Final point. I don't know how long this podcast has been going on. It feels like a long one. I feel like I've been at this at least an hour. This will be the year. This will be the year. And I want you to finish. If you've listened all the way to this year, to this point, then fair play, because I've been spouting some absolute pish. Um, don't doubt yourself, Ryan. Some of it's been all right. Um, my best clients the ones that have been with me the longest period of time, every single one of them is in a better space than they were when they walked in the door. And that is not because of me. Let me explain. It is because they've waited, they've stayed around long enough to see the change that they wanted. They've stuck around, done the work, been consistent enough to see the change they wanted in their lives. Every single one of them that came in the door, I don't think any of them were necessarily depressed and on the edge of life not being worthwhile all of them were living their life in a certain way that didn't necessarily serve them to that time and they wanted to make an improvement they'd done the work and i have not known any of them to get themselves in a position where they're doing all the things they want to do they're nailing their fitness they feel good in their body they feel fit they feel healthy 
I don't know any single one of them that has ever went to got to that point, sat down on the sofa one night and went, why the fuck did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. That's that's not done anything for me. Let me go back to that life I had before when I was kicking the absolute arse out of it and I felt shite every day. Not one of them has ever said to me, I wish I could go back to that life. And that life looks different for every single person. I'm not trying to categorize the the classic weekend warrior as a bad life. Some people love that life and that's fair enough. And yeah, every single one of them is in a better space than before. And that's not me just saying that, that's them having told me. You've got one life. Sorry, this is going deep again, but like, I just feel like every single one of these episodes has been deep pretty lately. You've got one fucking life. I'm 26 now. I'm over a quarter of a way through my life. If I live to 100, fuck knows. I, I, I doubt my brain will still be still be ticking over at 100. So I'm over a quarter of my life done. Like, And that's speaking optimistically. I'm 26. Another 26 years, I'll be over 50. Like, that's that's pretty crazy to think. I'm 26 years into my life already. And yeah, I'm happy with how it's went so far. I'm pretty chuffed. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't change anything. But I know for a fact, if I was to drop my standards and start living like living that automatic, like just doing like, I didn't have that kind of aspect of delayed gratification. I was just like pissing about living my life to low standards like just living in a way that I knew didn't support my values, then I would be frustrated. You are not immortal. You are going to die one day. And it's like, fucking live your life. Like live your life the best way. And this is what I I always truly believe this is that people use the, thing, use the phrase YOLO. You only live once and it justifies some of the bad decisions that they make in their life. You only live once, man. Just go and have a fucking drink. Just go and do this, do that, have that night out. That's not my style of YOLO. My style of you only live once is I want to live to my very highest potential within this life. It doesn't mean living perfectly. It doesn't mean all my habits have to be on point every single day. That doesn't mean I can't eat a chocolate bar. That means that I want to live to my highest potential. I don't want to leave anything on the table. When I go to the golden gates, I don't want Jesus to... Sh- you know, the, I think I said this on the last podcast. You know, when you shove out those, like the TVs that used to bring out on history, and it was on this stand, it's this old-fashioned TV, and they put the VHS in, and they watched this old video of some fucking World War II footage. What he's going to show me is the footage of what my life could have been like if I lived up to my potential. Imagine getting shown that that video. He'd be like, oh, fuck. Can I start again, please? And he'd go, nope, sorry, you're a fucking greyhound. Like, nope, you're being re-in- reincarnated as a greyhound. Um, not that that would be a bad life if you had a good owner and stuff like that. Who knows? might be a quality life. Um, but he was just like, nope, sorry. You're not getting to relive this life. That's what could have happened. And this is what you could have won. But yeah, that's that scares the shit out of me. And yeah, I feel generally like so much more, so much more mortal now that I'm bringing a child into this world. Not me personally. I suppose, it's, I don't know how you would phrase that. Is it me? Is it me? Or is it just Ellie? It's both of us, I suppose. But she's the one carrying it. Thank God. Um, nah, that's, that's that's probably not fair. I just can't imagine pushing a baby out, but that's another conversation. Um I want to help. Like I, I feel more mortal now. I feel like I'm driving my car up the dual carriage, but I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this. And I'm like holding on to the wheel. I'm like, you better not die now, mate. Like fucking pay attention to this road because if you die, like you're gonna fucking miss this this thing that's coming. I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced that. It was a strange feeling. I was like, I'm just so much more concentrated on things like driving just now and making sure I don't like hurt myself in certain ways. Like I just feel more mortal. And I want to help nurture like this 
person that's going to come into this world, this little person. Um, and that's, yeah, that's just something that just motivates me for this year. Um, so, yeah. Or will it be the same again? Will this, will you just replicate what you did last year, this year? And if you weren't happy with last year and replicate, replicate it again this year, you're going to be having this conversation with yourself once again. Make this year the year that you fucking change. You do the dog work, you get the head down, and you actually make some positive change in your life if you haven't already. Um, yeah, that was a long podcast. But hope, hopefully you got something from that, and hopefully that just puts a little bit of a fire in the belly. And hopefully that just helps you, like just it motivates you and again does that help you get serious results in 2024 it probably more challenges your mindset as to why you should get positive why you should get serious results in 2024 and why you should follow through with it give yourself a reason as to why you should follow through with it because if you don't have a good enough why you know not a good enough why a strong enough why and good enough reason to do it then by january the 30th you'll have forgotten all about it and you'll be just back to living the way that you were before this whole thing, this whole life thing's pretty complicated, isn't it? Um, there's not a handbook for it. You kind of just figure it out as you go along the way. But try, let's let's maximize our potential this year. Let's go for it. Goodbye. If you listen to the podcast, please share. I shall catch you later. I now need my breakfast. My breakfast. My lunch. <laughs>